The Lord is good. Can I hear you? The Lord is good. And all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And from verse 27. Remember we are talking about fruitfulness. How to remain fruitful. Or how to produce results. Genesis chapter 1. And from verse 28. Okay, let's read from verse 27, sorry. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him and he made him male and female. And verse 28, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. So the, the essence of God's blessings is for us to be fruitful and God bless them. The first place actually regarding man specifically that God released a blessing upon mankind. And he said to them, be fruitful and Multiply. We are not talking about multiplication today. We are talking about fruitfulness. And God blessed man and said to him, be fruitful. It means what we call the blessings of God is actually an empowerment from heaven to be fruitful. When we say that we are blessed, we are actually saying we've received divine empowerment to be fruitful. This is very important that we understand how to walk in into what God has in store for us. Many times we hear about blessings. I am blessed of the Lord. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. We talk about the blessings of God but we do not understand what the blessing produces in our lives. We need to understand that whenever a man walks in God's blessings, fruitfulness is number one result. Number one proof that a man is blessed. So if you are blessed of the Lord, you should and must be fruitful. So when you look at your life and you are not enjoying fruitfulness and you observe truly that you've been blessed of the Lord, because everyone here, we've been blessed of the Lord. If you are not fruitful, then there should be something, either something about knowledge or a limitation from the kingdom of darkness. And that's something we need to deal with today. You need to understand, because I want to establish a fact, that if you are not fruitful, there is a problem. Not being fruitful is not something you should joke with because it's an empowerment from God to you to actually produce results. So when God made man, the first thing God said, the Bible said he blessed them. So when you talk about the blessings of God, the, the multi-dimension of God's blessings 
is in five parts. You have to be fruitful, you have to multiply, you have to replenish, you have to uh, subdue, then you have to have dominion. We're not talking about that. But the first lesson you must learn in the school of God's blessing is your fruitfulness. So if you are not fruitful in this place, maybe when you look at your life, maybe when you observe the way your finances are going, your school, your academics, your family, maybe your business, when you look at those things and you can pinpoint and say, no, I'm not fruitful here. You want to tell yourself the truth, I, I mean, I'm not fruitful here. Then you can do something about it. The Bible said the blessings of the Lord make it rich and adds no sorrow. So when God releases a blessing upon a man, he activates something in that man to give him the capacity to be fruitful. So if it's by prayer, we are going to pray today. If it's by pulling down strongholds, we are going to do that today. But one thing is sure, you are going out of this place fruitful in the name of Jesus. Anything you touch from today shall multiply for you in the name of Jesus. Can I get a better amen to that? Amen. The proof that you are blessed is that you are fruitful. You can't prove it any other way. How can God bless man from the beginning to be fruitful? And yet we have many people who are struggling today in the kingdom. Many people who are trying to stand. Many people who are experiencing near success syndrome. They try to work hard, but no matter how hard they work, nothing happens. Or maybe you are producing results, but you are not producing it to the capacity that you desire. I believe this service today is for you. How willing is God to see you fruitful? I want you to go to John chapter 15. If you go to John chapter 15, and from verse 16, look at what the Bible said there. I love the scripture. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you should go and do what? Bring forth what? Fruit. He said, you have not chosen me. So when we sing songs like we are chosen generation, you are not just chosen to sing songs. You are chosen to produce. He said, I chose you and I ordained you. Ordination there is I anointed you. So you've been anointed to produce results. You've been anointed to be fruitful. He said, I chose you, I ordained you, or anointed you, or I called you, so that you produce results. And what will happen? So that the fruits that you produce shall, should remain. So we are not going to produce fruits, or we are not going to become fruitful with something that is temporal, we're going to produce results that will remain. You will, you know, excel in your business and nothing can stop it anymore. You will excel in your life that even after you go, people will still be enjoying the fruit of their, your labor. I don't know if I'm talking about it here. We are going to establish something that is permanent. That means the blessings of God does not produce results that tomorrow you are looking for it. The reason people will rise today and tomorrow they fall, check it. Probably it's not being produced by the blessings of God. But when God is the one that blessed you, when, the, when God is the one that made you fruitful, something happens. He said, my desire is so that you produce fruits and that fruit will remain. And then he says, and whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, 
he may give you whatsoever you ask. So you can see the connection between fruitfulness and answered prayers. When you are fruitful, you pray, you get answers. When you are fruitful, you speak things into existence. When you are fruitful, your mouth is filled with the blessings of God. No matter what you touch, you will see them fruitful. I, I keep telling people, you can't just claim I am blessed without results. Imagine if you go somewhere and you see a guy struggling financially and the person say, I'm blessed of the Lord. You may say amen with the person, but in your heart you are saying, where is the blessing? I can't see it. So when you are truly blessed of God, it comes with signs. It comes with proofs. May you produce results. I pray today in the name of Jesus. From today you will rise from glory to glory in the name of Jesus. I'm not getting a better amen on that. I'm not getting a better amen on that. Now, you need to understand something here. Jesus said in John 15 verse 5, he said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abided in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do what? You can do nothing. So we can understand how this thing works. If Jesus is the vine or the tree and we are the branches, we must stay connected to Jesus. I'm not preaching today to tell you you can be fruitful outside Jesus. I'm telling you because you are part of the kingdom, you must stay connected no matter where you are coming from. No matter what you find yourself in, stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected to the tree. Because no branch gives nutrients to it itself. The branch must draw from the tree. So if you are connected to Jesus, it's an assurance that you will be fruitful. The, the reason, I said something last week, the reason some of us will become fruitful in a season and then in a season, it looks as if we are no more fruitful is that when we are connected, for example, you are in church right now, you stay connected to Jesus. And immediately you start prospering or you start becoming fruitful, you lose that desire to stay connected. Maybe for you to come to church becomes something we have to follow up on you. We have to call you to tell you you, you need to be in church today. You need to do this. You, before you know it, you are gradually disconnecting yourself from the source. And before you know it, you begin to deplete whatsoever fruitfulness you receive by the reason of being connected to Jesus. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. And after a while, just like the prodigal son, everything will be gone. And then now you need to run back again to stay connected. And that's what we do. And then we'll come back again and God supplies our need. We'll run off again. No, that is not the way to maintain your fruitfulness. That's not the way to maintain the blessedness of God in your life. You need to stay connected. And this is where we have a challenge in this generation. We just don't know how to stay connected. Nothing should separate you from the love of God. Nothing that you are doing, maybe your mistake, maybe your mess, should actually make you separate yourself from God. Why? Because he's your source. And Jesus made that very clear here. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abided. Abided there means present continuous tense. You are not guaranteed results except you continually abide in him. Alright? So, 
For him to give it this instruction means that it is possible to actually detach yourself from his principle. Detach yourself from him. So we need to come to a place. If somebody sitting by you is sleeping, annoying the person with a knock, how do you leave your house and you then you come here and start sleeping? Amen. I know the, you know, a very dangerous combination, the heat and AC. Ah, if that thing does not catch you for sleep, then you can't sleep. So I know that combination, you know. Hallelujah. Now, I want to say this. I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. So there's a condition here. The same. So if you stay connected to God, if you stay connected to Jesus, just stay connected. Now, re always remember this. You are not created to be disconnected. You need to understand that you are made to stay connected. Our secret is that connection we have with the Holy Spirit. Is that connection we have with God. I needed to emphasize on this. So if you abide, whoever that abided, present continuous tense, it means once God blesses you with one, he wants to multiply that. So don't disconnect. Alright? Once you stay connected, you will keep producing fruits. And I love this. I love this scripture. He said, the same bringeth forth much fruits, for without me you can do nothing. Please look at your neighbor say, without Jesus you can do nothing without you. Tell your friend, without Jesus your business can go nowhere. Tell that person, without Jesus your finances will collapse. Tell that person, without Jesus your ministry will go nowhere. If you believe that, say a better amen. Let me tell you the truth. We only have Jesus. I'm telling you the truth. That's why sometimes God will bless some of us to an extent that people can't understand it. They say, oh, maybe he's using juju or maybe this one is doing this or maybe this one is doing this. God can bless you. Stay connected. Stay connected. Even if you miss it, go back to him. Stay connected. I want to show you something. If you go to Psalms 1 and from verse 3. Psalms 1 verse 3. Look at what he said there. He said, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Talking about that person that is constantly connected. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruits in his season. I pray that your season begins today in the name of Jesus. Can I get a better amen on that? And his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall what? Prosper. Lift up your right hand and say whatever I touch from today shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Take two minutes and pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. My business will prosper from today. Academics will prosper from today. Pray that prayer right now before we continue. You have two minutes. Nobody will struggle in this house anymore. 
we come against every spirit of lack. We come against every spirit of struggles. Open your mouth and pray that prayer right now. You touch my heart so I can see. You make me to be like you. You touch my eyes so I can see you better. You making me to be like you. You touch my ears so I can hear you more. You make me to be like you. Jesus, I love you. Yes, I love Father, we love you. Yes, Jesus, we love you. Yes, Father, we love you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. I want to show you just one more place. Maybe you've tried to be fruitful and it hasn't worked. Maybe you put your hands, like people will write me sometimes, they will say, man of God, I tried to do this or do that and do that, but it didn't work. I tried to do ministry, but it didn't work. Maybe, probably there is an opposition. There is a force, there is a power that will not want you to be fruitful. Remember, immediately God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. The devil came to stop them from being fruitful. Of course, you know the story. He would have observed and saw how they prospered in the garden. And he came. I don't want you to, to feel that when the enemy sees you prospering, he will just relax and say, prosper and be going. Sometimes, most times, the enemy will come against your prosperity, your fruitfulness. And maybe we are there today. Maybe some of us, or probably some of us, we do not know nor understand that God actually wants us fruitful. But now you know. If you go to Joel chapter, chapter 2 and verse 25. Joel 2 verse 25. The Bible says something there. He said, I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. He said, I will restore to you. So there could be moments in your life you lost something you shouldn't have. And here is God making a promise that he, he will restore to us the years, the locusts and the canker worms. So probably you spent 10 years of your life struggling. Today God will restore that 10 years to you in the name of Jesus. Maybe yours is two years, one year. God will bring a restoration for your fruitfulness. Are you ready to pray? I want us to pray from the depth of our hearts. And I know God is here to bring forth something new in your life. God is here to re-anoint you, re-ordain you, bring you to a place of fruitfulness. Can you stand on your feet as we pray? Please tell your neighbor, give me room. I want to pray now for my fruitfulness. You can move out from where you are because you, we need to pray. 
we are going to be praying along certain scriptures. And I know that God will be breaking certain yokes in this room today, this afternoon. First of all, say, Father, I thank you. I am blessed of you in the name of Jesus. I thank you because when I speak from today, blessings will be released in the name of Jesus. Open up your mouth and pray that prayer right now. You can have your seat. God bless you. We're going to share the word of God quickly. We are rearranging our timings because we want to have a quick impact services and then we close uh, because of the restrictions. Um, there are new developments, so you have to keep online and so we can give you more information regarding our services starting from, uh, you know, this week from Monday. I just want to talk about something that we need especially in this time and in this season i believe we need to understand where we are and who we are i want you to know that there is a total freedom in jesus total freedom in christ total freedom you cannot genuinely encounter jesus and not be free when I talk about that freedom, I mean freedom from every challenge of life. And that is why the most important encounter in your life is the encounter with the Holy Spirit because that is the Spirit of Jesus. And let me tell you the truth. If you want to understand clearly the challenge with humanity, you can make a visit to Genesis, especially Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2. And there you begin to understand the, the roots of every challenge man faces today. And that, the roots of it, just one word, that word, condemnation. Immediately, Adam and Eve missed it. There was this personal self-condemnation that clearly separated them from the presence of God. God did not separate himself from them. They did so because they condemned themselves. Why do I say this? Because... The Bible said that the, the, the Spirit of God or the presence of God will always come in in the eve to walk with them. Even after they messed up, he still came to, to you know, communicate with them. And then when they heard his presence, they started hiding from him. And he asked them, where are you? They said, we are naked. That's why we are hiding. Condemnation. There is something condemnation will do to you when it comes to the presence of God. Once you carry this mindset of condemnation, it simply limits your capacity 
to receive fully the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And what is condemnation? Condemnation is not the feeling of guilt. Condemnation is simply seeing yourself less. It is not just about guilt. It's about seeing yourself less. Anytime you see yourself less, that is condemnation. And that was simply what happened right there in the garden. Immediately, they missed it. They saw themselves less. Automatically, they saw themselves naked. And God said to them, who told you that you are naked? It means when you start looking down on yourself, when you start looking less, seeing less of yourself, you will start noticing certain things in your life. You will start noticing how messed up you are. How, how much of a failure you are. How much of the glory of God you don't carry. I want you to look at somebody and say, thank God for Jesus. Because the Bible said in Romans, I think Romans 12, it said, for now, there is no more, no condemnation. Now, I want you to understand this. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, no condemnation, no condemnation. That means don't look at yourself less or don't look less of yourself. Somebody say amen to that. Now, you need to understand that God wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. Boldness, confidence will rise from within you when you begin to see yourself the way God sees you. Everything happens from that realm. Everything happens from that realm. Everything happens from that realm. Everything comes from that realm. No condemnation. No condemnation. I, I want to present to you that freedom in Christ today. Because if you look around the world, the world won't guarantee you that freedom. In short, COVID won't guarantee you one. But you need to look inwards. And there is something we must see today. Because the Bible says, whom the Son of God has made free, is free. How many of you believe you are free? Free to enjoy the best God has for you. Free to enjoy the prosperity of God. Free to enjoy the, 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 the success. Free to enjoy your impact. You must deal with it. I know when you look at yourself and look at the things you've done, you have every reason to say, how can I enjoy freedom? But the Bible said you are free indeed. It's a word of assurance. It's a word of assurance. 
And I want to show you something that will help you. Sorry, uh, Romans 8. I want to show you something that will help you. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I want to show you something very important there. Second Corinthians 3 and verse 12, it says, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, I want somebody to turn to Jesus today. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, that veil that said, the soul that sinner shall die, that veil that said, the wages of sin is death, when you shall turn to the Lord, that veil shall be removed. And who is that Lord? He said, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, when the veil is taken away, you won't see failure anymore. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. When the veil is taken away, you won't see a messed up man anymore. When the veil is taken away, you won't see a guilty man anymore. When the veil is taken away, you won't see a powerless believer anymore. When the veil is taken away, but you never see anything if the veil is there. You must turn to the Lord. You must turn to the Lord. He said, when we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And he said, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is. Now, where is the spirit of the Lord today? Huh? It's inside of you, right? So if the spirit of the Lord is, he said, where the spirit, there is liberty. So you cannot have the spirit and still be yoked at the same time. If you still believe you are limited, you are yoked, it's your mind that is playing games. It's because the veil is still there. The veil will not allow you to see the reality of this fact that when you have the spirit of God inside of you, there is an assurance. He didn't say where the spirit of the Lord is, he will walk out liberty. He said where he is there. That means if he can afford to live in you, it's an assurance there's liberty inside of you. But the veil must be taken away. And then look at what he said there. He said, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glory, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image 
from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. But you don't see the glory until the veil is taken away. You can't be changed from glory to glory until the veil is taken away. This is the reason why many are not being transformed. Because the enemy wants to keep them in a place of always focusing on themselves. Not allowing the veil to leave them so that they can actually see the glory. Because as you see him, you are seeing who you are. As you behold him like in a glass, we are changed and transformed. How many of you want to be changed this year? The veil must be taken away. Stop seeing poverty, see prosperity. Stop seeing sickness, see health. Stop seeing those things, the veil. Can I tell you the truth? There's some veil you put upon your face, you will still be able to walk around but you will not be seen clearly. He said, the God of this world has blinded their eyes so that they will not see. You can't talk me into self-condemnation. Impossible. You don't have that right. I have never given any man that right to talk to the point that I begin to condemn myself. You have no right because the veil has been taken away. What do you see? What do you see? Do you know how many people are struggling? Because they are struggling with that veil. But that veil must be taken away this afternoon. Amen? As far as your eyes can see, is a law of the spirit. If you can't see the glory, you can't become the glory. If you don't see the lifting, you can't become, you can't, you can't be lifted. But the key here is this. The old represented a covenant of condemnation. Where you pay the price for everything. If you do right, you are rewarded. If you do wrong, But the law of the spirit of life has made us free. So I'm speaking to somebody. It's time to leave the veil. We don't want Moses here anymore. We want Jesus. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. Now, if you read that Bible in context, you will see where it says that the, the veil or the glory of Moses was actually glorious. He said, if the glory that is passing was that glorious, what about the glory that will come and remain? Don't be deceived by that passing glory. There is a greater glory. And as I look around the church today, I see people that are yearning for the new level can afford to allow the veil to be on your face. Why would a believer be depressed? Veil. Why would a believer want to give up? Veil. Why would a believer be distressed out? Veil. No zeal. Veil. Self-condemnation. Veil. Nothing happens with the veil on. 
if you see a man walking on the street with a veil covered, you say something is crazy. Something crazy is going on. God wants us back. No condemnation. And not because you are perfect too. But because somebody else. His name is Jesus. He went to the cross. He paid the price. He didn't die for you because you are perfect. He said, while we are yet sinners, Christ died. So there is nothing you are today or nothing you've done that is of, of a surprise to him. Some of us believe that sometimes when we make mistakes, God will say, chai, from heaven. Say, hey! Never seen anything like this before. Do you know when he started seeing people? 2,000 years ago. There is nothing you are doing now that is new under the sun. But there's always one thing that is constant. There is the blood of Jesus. There is the spirit of the Lord that can transform you from where you are to where he wants you to be. If you are hungry and desperate, you're going to see him. If you are tired of where you are, tired of making the same mistakes, tired of going around the circle, and you say, Father, I want the veil taken off today. There is something I'm not seeing. Because if that veil is taken, I can see his glory. I am changed. If I'm not changing, there is something I'm not seeing. Please understand the message. If you are not seeing clear changes in your life, there is a veil somewhere. There is a glory you are not seeing. There is a revelation you are not seeing. That is the message today. Every revelation that comes into our spirit unveils and removes what I call spiritual mountains or strongholds. There is something you are not seeing. That's why Two people can be in the same Cyprus getting two different results. Veil. What do you see? Two people can do the same business getting different results. What do you see? The veil must be taken off. If you want to see clear changes, the veil must be taken off. And we're going to pray this afternoon or this morning we're going to say God let every veil be removed because I've turned to Jesus he said look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith look unto Jesus I pray today that there shall be a transformation can we pray Stand on your feet, let's pray as a church. Every veil of limitation is time to go. Are you ready to pray? I, I, I feel the anointing of God here. Every veil of limitation your time is up. Veils that the enemy placed. Listen, 
Some of us, the veils are captured in experiences. Past hurts. Things you've gone through. Things your family is going through. You never, you just don't believe that anybody can make it. You've gone through challenges that now it's impossible to believe you can be transformed. Veils. But when we turn to the Lord, that's the promise. When we call on Jesus, when we look on him, the veil shall be taken off. There is a veil that commands poverty that will be taken off people today in the name of Jesus. You will begin to see yourself in the true light. Veil that will not allow you to rise to the next level of your life. We have turned to you, Jesus. We invoke your power in this place. We don't care what is happening out there. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Holy Spirit, you are here. We confirm your liberty. We confirm. I don't know if you're waiting for me. You have to open your mouth and begin to pray right now. We confirm your liberty. Somebody pray.